0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hey, everybody. We just want to say thank you, Stephanie and I, for supporting our show and listening to our show. And... If you want to give us more love, what do we do?
2: Go like us on Facebook. Join the Facebook community. Build that community. Let's get it up to 10,000. And go subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It helps us out. And, um, you know, as always, if you want to support us via the PayPal subscription button, we'd love it. But most importantly, we just want to say thank you to our fans.
1: Thank you, guys. We love you.
0: This is Corolla Digital.
2: Welcome to "For Crying Out Loud," the podcast that is going to start without my co-host Lynette Carolla. But who needs her? Who need? Hi, producer Gary.
3: Hi, Stephanie. How are you?
2: Good. I I really I feel like Lynette's going to be here any second.
3: I mean, it's only thirty minutes past when we were supposed to start. So me too.
2: Yeah, you know what? This is it's risky though. It's like risk taking. But you're not alone. No, not not you and me. It's not. We have a very special guest. My friend, Brian Dunkelman, is here.
4: Yay. Is this your first solo? Am I your first solo podcast guest?
2: I am, Is he?
3: With just yeah. you and a guest? I You're think so.
2: Breaking my solo, uh, Cherry. This is
3: good. Yeah. Intimate. Nice it that is. a friend would do it.
2: It is. Now, <laughs> Lynette did was alone before. Remember when... Yeah. Uh, okay, so one time, I literally forgot... That we were doing a podcast and we had on our, one of our biggest guests, which was Jill Zarin.
3: That's correct.
2: From Real Housewives of New York. Oh, good gat! And I was coming out – I'm coming out of the gym and I see that I have a text from producer Gary and he's like, hey, where are you? And I was like, what's he talking about? And he goes, call me. Call me. And there's missed calls from him. And I call and He's like, what's going on? Where are you? We're We're recording. With Jill's – and I was like, what can you – what could you do? I was just like, I, I forgot.
4: This might be payback. <laughs> this might be Lynette getting back at you.
2: Maybe it is, but she'll be here. But I am really excited because, uh, Gary, I want you to know that Brian and I go way back.
3: Way back. Way back?
2: Yeah. The way back machine. So we met doing stand-up – what would you say? Like I can't I remember. Did 60s? we meet – 15 at, years ago? Did
4: we meet at Cards or did we meet through Lisa –
2: we met – no, Did Lisa met you through first? me. Yes, Brian has dated a couple of my friends.
4: Yeah, too many comics. <laughs> that a boy, Brian.
2: <laughs> and I probably would have dated Brian except for he was a smoker. Mm. Remember that? Once I. Remember? You were a smoker. You don't smoke now, no, right? No, no. Yeah, that was Cigarettes, years ago. right?
4: No, I don't smoke there. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it up.
2: But we still play cards together. So maybe people don't know this, but Brian is a comedian. Yes. And also Allegedly. Allegedly. You're so funny. Brian's re- one of the funniest people I know. I'll and, spread that around, would you? And he was one of the original hosts of American Idol. Yeah, is that show still on?
4: <laughs> How are the numbers? <laughs> oh it's so, my favorite time of year.
2: So so uh Okay, first of all, the show's horrible now.
4: The show's been horrible for, well, as long as I can remember.
2: Yeah. Okay. Now, I know you're willing to talk about it, right? Sure, who cares, why not? right? I mean, any any confidentiality agreements have to be over by now. Oh, it's done. Right. Okay. So you can say whatever you they want. They just pretend
4: right? I don't exist.
2: Do they? Now, do they really? Do every they show anybody? me a clip?
4: They show a clip of me, uh-huh. and every time I have to alert the union, my friends used a clip of me because they never admit it. Really? And I don't watch the show, but people will tweet me or they'll call me. Right. um, My sister called me and told me that there was a a clip of me.
2: Really? Yeah,
4: which I don't know how to feel about because I don't understand why she's watching American Idol. (laughs) Maybe it makes her feel nostalgic.
2: I do remember. I remember in the the early days after you weren't on the show anymore, you used to get mad uh, if people watched it.
4: Yes. I actually remember when I first got on Twitter – I unfollowed you for a little while because you were tweeting about American Idol all the time.
2: I know because I did like the show for for <laughs> I know a while, you did. but I okay. And you know what? I've I've actually said this before, and it it's so true about you, especially is I don't understand most of the hosts of these type of shows. I don't understand like their purpose because they're not being funny; mm-hmm. they're being super earnest, like the Ryan Seacrest and Carson Daly yeah. on The Voice. Yes, it's. It's not like he has any personality on the show. He just comes out. Oh, okay, up next we have a... Se- I mean, what's? why would you pay somebody that kind of money? I thought what they were doing with you when they had you and uh, Seacrest on was fresh and interesting. Yes. And no one had ever seen the show at this point because I remember you telling us, the, the poker people, mm-hmm. so I played poker with Brian, about this show that you were going to be hosting. We were all excited. Uh, and then early on... You were coming in with these stories about these insane scripts that were just so yeah. inane and ridiculous, right? And you were trying to get us to help you write better jokes. Well, first of all, the – the uh, the story. The Tell audition – Yeah.
4: The audition was nothing but improv.
2: OK. It was
4: basically they put you in two at a time. Here's five points of information. It's a singing contest. You're in New York. Uh, one of the judges has a cold. Just, just go. OK. So the whole audition process was just nothing but – me you know, on, off the top of my head. So I was a little confused when the first script that I got – I'm not kidding. I cried. I went out to my car and I cried like a little girl because it was so bad and I'm not the edgiest comedian in the world but I'm not corny. This stuff was – it was written by the executive producers.
2: Right, which was Lyle uh, – Lyle, uh, L- Nigel Lithgow. Nigel Lithgow and Ken right.
4: Warwick and uh, this, the show was Pop Idol. In the UK, right? So it was they—they they tried to replicate. It was Ant and Deck are kind of a—they've okay. been working together since they were like teenagers. They were okay. really famous there. They host everything in the country, so that's what they, they were trying to replicate. But um, I mean, the things. W- it, this is an example, and I'll do it in so a British you, accent. Did they
2: want Ryan to be like the more the straight yeah, guy? he was more and the straight guy, the, the broadcaster.
4: Like, I was the yeah. plucky comedic yeah. relief. But they okay. were, this is an excerpt from the. Script. You are plucky. I am plucky, if anything. <laughs> I'll do it in a British accent because it's funnier that way. Um, Our contestants are going to be famous. They'll have to learn how to deal with the paparazzi. Yeah, that stuff can really repeat on you. But a pizza's just not the same without it. Paparazzi, not pepperoni. Get with it, man. Let's have another song. That is fucking verbatim.
3: Wait, wait. Did a British person just come into the
4: studio when I wasn't looking. Right. I do voiceover work also. That uh... was you? Yeah, right? Oh, my God. So I I look at the – and the whole thing was that bad. Right. And I thought I can't do this. Like
2: Now was this this was now these scripts were for when we were going to be down to like the top contestants, or this is no, what this they was wanted you to read this like this outside dealing with the crowds of people.
4: Yeah, this was day one this of the script. Well the first the first uh, couple of weeks were just auditions around the country and then when they gave me the first script for the in studio show, it just I was like, you can't expect us to see. So when this. you're going
2: around the country, yeah. were you enjoying it at that point? It was My
4: life got completely turned upside down because you know I was just a struggling actor and stand-up who did a handful of dates a year, right? Like Vegas, and that was basically it. But um,
2: did did a lot of people audition for? I feel like I remember there were three thousand audition for your job.
4: Yeah, that's what I'm told. Um, The reason that they had me in, I had stopped going out on any kind of hosting stuff because I was starting to build a little bit of a resume as an actor. Um, I the year before, so it would be two thousand. Uh, 2001 actually, I got a deal with Castle Rock for my own sitcom and I always joke that I'd get my – a deal for my own show and then the world would fucking end. Well, I got my deal like September 7th right. of 2001 and then September 11th happened and it was just a very weird time to be pitching
2: wow. comedy. Like right.
4: you know, Paramount was barricaded. Because that's who Al Qaeda was going to hit next, you know, the major studios. It that's was a so very interesting. odd
2: interesting. I think I was working at Paramount or ri- directly across the street. I was a writer on "Whose Line Is It Anyway." Oh, really? At that time, working for a British person, mm-hmm. who very, very quick story. The day after, so September 11th, that morning, we got a call to not come into work, mm-hmm. but the next morning. We were all going like we we shouldn't be going in to work on a comedy show, right? right? But we didn't get a call saying we weren't supposed to come into work. So we all show up. We're still crying. Yeah. You know, it's only 24 hours later. People are still having – friends are missing, mm-hmm. right? We all go into work and we had a British boss uh, and he says uh, – he comes in. Some of us are in tears, all huddled in one office talking and he says – well, a, a ve- it's a very terrible thing that's happened, but the show must go on. Let's get back to work.
4: Everything's fine. Yeah. it'll blow over. Yeah. I went on a fucking audition, a voiceover audition that day, and I called me. I'm like, I can't. That day? Go. Yes, that day. I don't know why they wow. told me you should just go in. I don't think anybody really kind of had a grip on what was
2: happening. Right. Um. So I the bottom and really, line is really really quick story about our friend Lisa. Brian and I have a mutual friend named Lisa, who is still my friend. She's still one of my very closest friends, but um, you'll laugh at this. So, Lisa was doing a comedy show like a couple of days later. Oh, and I was a on funny the bill. Show yes, that. she had like a, a show like that. <laughs> I don't know if it was pretty funny. Yeah. And I said, Lisa, I can't possibly like perform. In that show, it just seems so wildly inappropriate to do a stand-up show that's not like a paid, you know. That's just like a hey, we're just here to do stand-up. And she was like, "I I think it'll really help people." I was like, "Anybody who goes to see a comedy show like two days after September 11th is an asshole." Well, she's helping the nation heal. Yeah, yeah. and I and she got mad. She was upset that I wouldn't. That I was like, "I just can't. I can't." And she went, "Well, okay, but everyone else is going to do it, and then." She told me it was a great show. The people yeah, the, the were really – the dozens of other comedians so <laughs> clamoring
4: just for the stage time. <laughs> the old nation is mourning. So true, right? Seriously, can I still get seven minutes?
2: <laughs> so, OK. So your shows – We can Paramount. laugh
4: about September 11th now. I know, you know? Yeah. Thank God. It's been um, – so I pitched to all the networks and um, you know they literally bought one-third of what they usually did that year. It didn't get sold, but um, – One of the guys that I pitched to through the American Idol, but it was called Pop Idol at that point, he remembered me and he he wanted me to come in for it. And so I thought, well, I don't really go in on hosting stuff, but I don't want to piss off Fox, so I'll go in. Right. And um, I auditioned with a guy. It went pretty well. They asked me to stick around. And I distinctly remember they ran out of parking validation stickers. And I was pissed. You know, when you're a broke actor, eight bucks, it's like, I got to fucking pay eight dollars for the – and I I honestly almost left because they didn't have validation stickers. That's so you. I look back on that (laughs) moment and think that's one of those forks in the road where what if I did just go home? Right. So anyway, I stuck around and then the executive producers came over and then we auditioned again. Was it Nigel? It was Nigel and it was Ken Warwick and there was another guy, Brian Gadinsky. And then literally the next day I was testing. Wow. And I tested. Did you test
2: with Seacrest?
4: No. I tested with a bunch of – there was probably seven of us Mm -hmm. and they were a lot – they were young. (laughs) Super professional. Her headphone (laughs) thing just came down over her eyes. That was funny.
2: It was hilarious, Gary. Ah, oh, uh, the funny yeah. hijinks that happen in the studio. You know
4: what's
3: great for podcasting? Visual comedy. <laughs> oh yeah. Listen, hey, visual gags. You want to incorporate as much, you know, video and stuff like that <laughs> as possible.
4: So I test okay, and I go yeah. in and they keep mixing and matching and it, I just I got my first laugh and it was all improv and it was just one of those magical things where I had them. There were probably 12, 15 people in the room.
2: Right? And do you remember what the joke was that you made?
4: No. I have no idea. It was just like my brain was so were going they as making fast as you,
2: Were they making you riff off of stuff that was happening or... They were
4: basically giving us five points right. of information. Okay. It was different every time and okay. just go. OK. Hey, everybody. Welcome to – we're just making it up. Right. And it just, I just had them. Everything that I said got a laugh and they kept mixing and matching. I went in with this blonde guy and we, we did really well and then they had us go in together again. Mm-hmm. And I thought something's up. So – They took us around the corner, and one of the producers pointed at me, said, you back off a little bit, and to the other guys, like, you drive the train, you back off, because I was just hammering them. Right, right. I'm like, this is my chance. I'm just going to throw as much at him as I can. Right. So we went in, and we did another audition, and then he had five points of information to get across, and then he got to the end, and he's like, and I have no idea what the last thing was. And it was just a little awkward and I, I don't know. I said something and then they, they said, OK, you guys can go. And so I left and I thought I either got this or I didn't. Right. So I went over to a friend's house and I started drinking immediately. Because <laughs> This is the most stressful thing I'd ever been through. Right. And the thing that people don't realize when you do a test deal, you you know what your deal is. You right. know how much you're going to make. You know right. how much you have to lose. You,
2: exactly. I was going to say you know how much you're not going to make if Yeah. You don't so get this it. was
4: obviously life-changing if I got it. Right. And then it was about – 9 o'clock at night and I got a call from – the. I got a message from the casting director. Uh, We can't get a hold of your agent or manager. Um, They want you to come in tomorrow at 7 a.m. And I thought there is no way I'm doing this again. Like right. I got audition again, right? And so I just ignored it, and then he finally got a hold of my manager, and then I it, it turns out I was going to have uh, breakfast with this guy Ryan Seacrest,
2: oh, who
4: had a relationship with uh, one of the American producers assigned to the show. His name's Brian Gadinski. They had worked together on uh, uh, Amer- American Gladiators, the kid version.
2: Okay, <laughs> can
4: you believe there was such a thing?
2: Hey, is that Lynette? Yeah, Lynette is here.
4: So anyway, they put us together, and we auditioned, and we got the show, and the next day we were on set.
2: It happened that fast. Okay, Lynette, we're hearing the story.
1: I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Hi. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't
2: know why I thought it was at 10.30. At 10.45? (laughs) Well, hey,
3: if it wasn't 10.30, you're only 12 (laughs) minutes late. 10.30, 10.45, you
4: didn't tell me it was at 11. Seriously.
2: We're hearing about uh, how you first met uh, – but the but hold on. Yeah. Hold the phone. Hold it. Because – so Ryan Seacrest didn't have to do any of this auditioning. So all of this is going on. 3,000 people are being seen and then Ryan Seacrest walks in and goes, hey, I was on American Gladiators, so let's do this deal.
4: <laughs> American Gladiator Junior. Where, let's get it right. I was
2: on uh, American Gladiator JR right. and now <laughs> uh, I'm in. Yeah, I'll do it.
4: Yeah. Well, he apparently had really pushed hard to get this job. That's what I was told, and they didn't want – they just didn't want him.
1: Ryan, but fresh? I think
4: what they, they – they got to the point where they're like, we can't let two guys that have no experience broadcasting run – You know, basically be in charge of this show. So, yeah.
2: OK. So now we're, we're, they brought worry. him in. OK.
4: And we had breakfast. So you and,
2: didn't have to audition with him. Oh, yeah, just... we did.
4: We met. We had breakfast. We developed our whatever rapport, okay. and then we went and we auditioned together and – so you were I, like,
2: oh my – are you kidding me? I have me? to I do have this to-
4: again. This is only an opportunity for me to screw this up. That's the way I looked at that's
2: it. That's how I look at everything. That's
4: why I wasn't going to take the phone call. I'm like, I'm not,
2: that, that's it.
4: I've already done the best I could possibly have done.
2: I felt that way getting parental discretion. I was yeah. like, let's not may, – maybe a pilot's not in our best interest. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just an opportunity for them to see what a huge mistake they've made.
4: Yeah, so this is – so we go back to Fox and I'm just sitting there waiting to – to waiting for this to happen. Right. It must have been two hours where what was happening was he was on the phone with his father, who is a lawyer, and he was on the phone doing the deal with Fremantle and Fox. And I didn't realize it, but what they were doing where they were negotiating every point of my deal and then upping it. Basically, like Ryan speaks first, Ryan stands on the left. Ryan is the first one to say, "Like I'm not kidding, like that specific," and I didn't know. And I'm just trying to go into a place in my head and, and just remain calm. People are running up and down the hallways trying to get this deal done, and then we finally go into the room. and I, I remember Ryan specifically saying, "I was kind of thinking, like you know, maybe I just like start like going through like, people's purses." And I thought, um, <laughs> please don't do that. Um, just let's just get the information across. Just follow my lead, and 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 we'll get through this. And I'm like, you, this is not the time right. to be doing physical You're gags. Like, this
1: isn't. Let's make a deal. <laughs> let's just.
4: Does anybody let's have you... a
1: nail clipper for
4: five hundred dollars?
1: Oh, hold on! Before we go on, Stephanie, we got to talk about VistaPrint, real quick. Oh, right yeah. now—that's what we're doing. <laughs> No, let's wait a <laughs> and little. And then you're going to throw it in. Okay. print oh, It's a small okay. business. It's a small business, so support the small businesses that support our show. Yeah, everyone's heard of Vistaprint. They have an awesome reputation. hmm I do a lot <laughs> of stuff through Vistaprint. They have affordable quality uh, printing, and you can print your business cards. You can make uh, wedding cards, company logos, team logos, family photos, vacation, just a personal message, anything you want to put on a card. Unlimited possibilities. Yes. So...
3: They're really cool. This stuff's really high quality. I made my business cards through there for one of our shows. They're, it's good stuff. They're You can uh, make good iPhone people.
1: cases. Yeah,
3: you can make mugs Ooh, and shit. I will make
1: my Bruce Springsteen podcast one.
3: There you go. Yeah. All right. uh,
1: so, so go to vistaprint.com
2: and enter our code LOUD, L-O-U-D, in the cart to get this offer. Go to Vistaprint. enter loud. Get 25% off of your of cell phone covers mm. and, you know, a lot of your business needs. Get free
1: shipping on your entire order. Get some business cards. There you go. If you don't have a business card? How ask the fuck yourself are you why. to be
3: taken seriously? Come on. Thank you. Just Thank you, Gary. Just have a business Gary. card with your email address on it and just hand go. it out to people. It's as it's low, low as prices
1: are as low as 14.99. So go. Go to vistaprint.com and Get type in loud. Don't be a loser. Thank you. All right, Brian. Back to your story.
4: So we went in. We we did well. And then basically they said, OK, you guys can leave. Were
2: you at any point going, I hope they don't hire this douchebag? No, because I didn't know him. Right. OK. I had
4: breakfast with him. Right. How big an <laughs> asshole can somebody be if only I would have known. Right. Uh, so.
3: No, because I didn't know him is perhaps my favorite. Yeah. Sentence ever. Well, yeah, it, it's definitely true.
2: What is it about? How do people have these negotiating skills, though? I don't know. What kind of like. Cojones, do you have to have to just? It's not even cojones, it's like your hubris. You know, yeah. how are you just like that confident well, that you're like, Yeah, they saw 3,000 people, but you know what? I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna like be an asshole about my deal. I'm gonna yeah. make sure I have more, which th-
4: makes me think that I think my deal is terrible.
2: Lynette used to be uh,
1: uh, an executive at ABC.
2: Oh, so yeah? you know about people's talent deals,
1: right? I wasn't a part of all the deals, but I mean uh, I've heard horror stories, and I've heard and mm-hmm. I've, you know I was there when when a lot of stuff was going down with different. Trying to think, like DL Hughley was one with his DL Hughley show.
3: Wow, timely! Um, so this was what 2009? Seriously? No, it was a long Batman before Batman was that. on
1: the primetime schedule. Well, that was, was like there.
3: 2002, I believe, or, or no, 2000.
1: DL Hughley
4: had a show. Wait, was that on, on ABC or Was it different? Because I ABC. did. I did a little guest starring role on the one that was on UPN.
1: Oh yeah, what UPN. The- <laughs> Remember UPN? I played a gay, a
4: gay blackjack dealer. Oh, you very, did? Yes, I did, but they didn't make me gay until right before taping.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm like, wait a minute! Somebody took We've a look at you and was like, on, I'm gay."
1: <laughs> yeah, you. I, I, I want to hear more, but let so keep going. Yeah, so, 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 well, so
4: bottom line, we get out and they're like, and then one of the I don't know who this woman was, but she said, "We can't say anything, but get ready because your
2: life is about to change."
4: So that's when I knew. So
2: this was same day.
4: Yeah, that was the same, same day. after breakfast. This was the day after the test. That was the breakfast day. I, I, I went to my car. I called my girlfriend who is now my wife and I, I just started yeah. sobbing uncontrollably because it just – the release. Like I knew I had it and I knew like How did you everything know? was going to so change. So
2: who told you your life was about to change?
4: It's just some random fox woman. There's she some now, woman that like was in. Know? the so someone was just a was woman dressed as a fox. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yes, it was a furry. That's, so, uh, yeah, that's so weird. then,
2: okay. So the next
4: day we were on set.
2: So the your next what? Day. So but so your manager mm-hmm. was Jason. Your manager. Yes. Okay, so your manager calls you and says you got it. Yeah. And he's probably freaking out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody's freaking out. This was a huge hit in mm-hmm. in, in England. Right. Huge.
4: Right like everything stopped the finale so they, they had pretty high expectations for it but right. the next day we were downtown shooting and i had never done anything wow, like well they this. really
2: waited till the last minute to hire the host like their i hosts. said they
4: said they went across the country and they saw 3000 i think they had a 3000 people audition
2: so and then they I pull tell. in this guy from American Gladiator Junior. Well, for
4: the, first of all, they pull in me who had never done. Yeah, anything. but
2: they. But at least they auditioned you a bunch of times. It sounds right. like they just but brought him
4: for ra- He had had his radio show, was pretty established, and he had a following in L.A. And he he was an established broadcaster. So they didn't want to put me. He was with on the, the radio
1: guy. in L.A.
2: at That yeah, time, I remember oh, yeah, he was yeah, on Kiss for FM for quite a while for, for years. I thought That was
1: afterwards.
2: No, he that was before. He so was like, like no, Kiss so it was off- before. And- yeah, he's okay. been on
4: radio for a long time. OK. Yeah. And he had done a couple other TV things, mm-hmm. very small, like hosting gigs.
2: OK. So you you're immediately you're out and you're dealing with the public. Yeah. and Kids how auditioning is, in line. And how was that going?
4: I was very intimidated because I didn't know what I was doing. I had been a stand-up comic and done like five lines on sitcoms. That's all I had done. And everybody kind of knew Ryan because he was the local guy. Right. Um, so the first day was just kind of messing around with the kids and just, it was fun. The second day was when the audition started because they pre screened a lot of the kids. And, you know, I was just really excited to be there. And you're meeting all these kids, you're meeting their parents. And I specifically remember about an hour into it, these kids, one after another, for an hour straight, came out. So devastated, I mean bawling, crying because they were really – I mean Simon was shredding them and some of the stuff that he said didn't make it on air. Mm -hmm. But I actually had to just kind of take a break and I had to go and be alone for a minute because I I actually started crying. I could not believe – what they were doing and what they, you know, and there's How a cruel. difference between seeing it on television. But yeah. when you meet these kids and I you know. meet their mothers, right. and they come out and their mothers glaring at you, right, a- and that's when I just thought, what, what am I getting myself into? Yeah, and it just got worse from there on the whole now, way.
2: Did you had you met the judges? It was Randy, day. Simon, and Paula. That day, yeah, you only met them that day. Yeah. When
4: hi, hi, I'm Paula Abdul. <laughs> it was like it's crazy. I mean, wow. break was she 89? chewing on
1: horse pills at that time no like,
4: <laughs> she she was she couldn't have been sweeter. Simon was very cool, everybody was very nice, but um Simon and her were at each other like from the from the first week,
2: really even yeah. off camera.
4: oh yeah, like I at one point took it upon myself to kind of like hang out with her because she was just in, she was crying a lot
1: Wow, so Mike I kind of hung out with her, her uh, Mike August was her manager. He's here right now. Was he – Oh, uh, really? Yeah. He was her manager and he couldn't manage her very well. I didn't know, I didn't know she was a Later on in
4: the show, I had a publicist and that publicist said that they let her go. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen ever. Yeah. <laughs> You're just giving us money but we don't really want to represent you anymore.
1: Oh, oh they let her go. Yeah, they let her go. They said they never had a
5: conversation with her yeah.
4: where she didn't burst into tears. She was storming she off was the set. She Yeah, but you know what? Um, that show totally she, made a lot of people crazy. She reacted in the right way because what they were doing is they were pre-screening every single one of those kids and they weren't looking for talent. They were looking for the ones that were emotionally unstable. Yeah. And then they would get on their walkie-talkies. Oh, my God. We got this girl. She's out of her mind. We are going to crush her. And I'm hearing this going, why – what are you doing this for? So that's just the way the show was from, from the I'm start. I'm so
2: excited that I, I – I, legit stopped watching the show. I never So now I, I don't have to be a hypocrite and go like, "Oh, but I still really kind of like it." It's it it jumped the shark a few seasons ago. Yeah. And I stopped watching well, it. Well, a
1: lot of people love that that shredding part. You know, the the first the and first couple the first of weeks of the pilot. anymore want. anyway. A lot love of that, people apparently. love that. But Adam and I would, we would, when we started watching it, we would jump, we would, once we got their number that they what they were doing, we just decided, okay, we're going to start, we're going to start watching it when it's down to the 10. Right. And, you know, it's just too uncomfortable and too sad to well, see. Well, I these started people. watching it
2: because Brian was on it. Right. Because right, right. I knew really early on, I mean, we, we, Brian and I were friends and played poker together. And we were all so excited for you. And then Brian would come in just going, oh my God, you guys, these scripts. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. You, you're not. You cannot imagine yes, what they're TV. having for you. <laughs> well, you know,
4: in Russia, it sounds stupid now to say. Like, I was genuinely embarrassed. I really Isn't that was crazy, and I of, did of, the of... best I could to try to. How do you tell your bosses who are the writers of the script, and they shouldn't have been right? And how that's why you... I begged. You've got to hire writers. Every show on television has writers. And could writers, you just do you whatever? You,
1: could you just say? Like I should just, have
4: shut my mouth and done whatever they told me to no, do. No, but I mean, and I should
1: have, have just been, done what you just said? I'm not going to say that. That's not right. I'm going to tweak Well, take, how do you – don't did. tell the executive. I did out. and I stepped on their toes and they, they got pissed because
4: mm-hmm. how can they not take that personally? But I'm like, it's a different style of humor. But those mm-hmm. Brits – a different country.
2: They are yeah. so into themselves though. Oh, Tho- those guys, they all – it's all such an ego battle mm-hmm. when those guys they, – because they are so used to being the shit in britain yeah you know Uh i mean the sun rises and sets on them and their show in britain and they don't understand that american humor is different they just think well this is just what we do Mm -hmm. and we just throw out these like corny jokes and it's and they're they're the
4: the biggest show in europe so
2: So,
1: so, were they gonna
4: listen to me
1: so you you didn't at first you just would you just saw the script and just. You know, I cried. You cried and they then you wiped away your wept. tears. <laughs> we used to try to And then to you'd m- deliver and you wouldn't say anything. And then,
4: no, but I tried.
2: I then did the best to, I could. Right. You Here's what Doug you, Benson. Remember?
4: Yeah, he, towards he, the end of it, I got so frustrated and they wouldn't hire writers and they had one of the producers. I, they <laughs> – Brian Ganinski is a great guy. Although we had a bit of a problem uh, because he was the one that was in charge of basically Americanizing it. And so he was the one I was going to. You've got to get him to hire writers. So I was perceived as difficult and I have to own that. Mm -hmm. But there was one day that he said – I don't forget her name but I'm just going to say Cindy who was the receptionist. Has uh, done something very uh, brave. She, you know, uh, has done some writing and has come up with some some jokes. Wow! That, so they were given the secretary a shot at writing the script, and it was the worst stuff I'd ever heard. It's just like, yes, I've played golf before, but I'm not a professional golfer. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like Simon used to play cricket in college. Well, not really. He just used to criticize the way the insects chirped. And I'm like, well, you know, yes, receptionists to write the jokes. And so it was just wow. by the end of it, I but got so was frustrated. But what Seacrest doing? I didn't care. I'd say whatever.
2: He's just a robot? did
0: 18
4: plus. He's quoted as saying all he ever wanted to do was be a cheesy guy on TV. Well, I mean, mission accomplished. So here's that's a, not what so, I wanted.
2: So you're there, and are you having any internal battles? Is there a part of you that's going, Brian? Because I'm only relating this because I had the same things sometimes that when I had jobs, it was obviously not on the same level, mm-hmm. but on my little jobs, just going. Don't say that out loud. Don't say that out loud. Just just go along to get along because this is how I get myself in trouble. Whereas, was there a party that was like this? Don't argue I about stopped, this.
4: I stopped. being able to sleep. Probably two weeks in, I was taking Ambien. I was drinking a lot. Um, coke, I, I was God. losing. No, I was not doing coke. I was before, <laughs> <laughs> and then I did a lot afterwards. We can get to the slow spiral. But I was I was definitely losing it. I okay. mean it's a tremendous amount of pressure. Oh, me. yeah. Uh, my life got turned upside down. I was on the road. We went out for three weeks. I didn't have a credit card because I had just gotten a debt consolidation program. The car I was driving would not go in reverse. So I got rid of the car, <laughs> which makes parallel parking a real bitch. You know? <laughs> I would literally drive around the block until there was no – Space right. in front of me, just so I could get out. Right? Couldn't you um, get a
2: rental car by showing them your contract? I did get a rental
4: car. Okay. My manager helped me get a rental car, and then they gave me like they floated me a lot of money just because at these hotels you would have to put down. 500 $600 just for incidentals. Right. So I would have to put cash down. Like it was They didn't take insane. care of your incidentals? I, I was just
2: going to say. This no, Fox, we had to
4: check in and we – yeah.
2: You're on the biggest show in Britain that's going to be on America. They wouldn't pay for your incidentals. You couldn't order dinner?
4: No. I had to put down. So they gave me they cash. They didn't reimburse? They gave me – no, they gave me like five grand in cash to put down. <laughs>
1: but, uh-huh. I didn't
4: use any of it. Uh-huh. Like I'm at these – some of these hotel rooms were bigger than my apartment. I'd never seen anything like it. It was That part of it but was But would incredible. they buy you dinner? Oh yeah, they took us out to dinner every night.
2: Okay, yeah. So the incidentals was just because they weren't putting credit cards down in everybody's room, but they would pay for your dinner. Yes. So, okay. Yeah, absolutely.
4: Right. I just had to pay for anything that I, you know, right. And like dry cleaning was like nine dollars for a pair of socks. Mm.
2: Right.
5: And
4: at the time, I thought this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. This right. is a whole different life. There was one day, Seacrest had an unbelievable Mercedes, I and he was leasing say it i yeah. <laughs> um, for B.O. <laughs> no, he smelled OK. But he was paying $2,000 a month for the lease. And at the time, that was like the craziest thing I'd ever heard in my life. Right. It was just – here's – all right. I'm going to tell you – That's still pretty crazy. I'm going to tell you a couple things. Well, first of all, going back to the writing, I did hire – I got so frustrated and I cared about what people thought. You're a comedian. You have to care. Mm-hmm. And we were getting bashed hard. Everybody loved the show except the two tussle-haired dunderheads, mm-hmm. which I think was my favorite quote from uh, – I believe it was TV Guide – so I hired three people, three of my friends to write jokes because I tried the best I could. I got burnout. Right. How many, uh, you know, intros for Randy Jackson can you dream of?
1: <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm.
4: so uh, Doug Benson <laughs> is one of them. Right. Michael Platt, our old poker buddy, right, both poker right, right. buddies, and another guy. So – and I paid them. I paid them a lot. like ended up spending a lot of my own money. didn't tell anybody. I would just get them the script the night before. They would give me some jokes and then the next day I would say, hey – how about instead of for Randy Jackson um, – instead of he pulls no punches and he likes his lunches, how about <laughs> we say – Wait a minute.
2: I think I wrote that one. Which in
4: retrospect I think is actually kind of funny. But he's, I said, how about one of the only Jacksons that still has their original nose? Hey, that's funny. I'm like, yeah, that's because you know Doug Benson wrote it. And then I would kind of squeeze it in that way. So I ended up spending a couple of grand of my own money doing that. Okay. Um
2: So so when you're going around the country though, yes. you're you're enjoying it. Even though it's a lot of pressure. But Some it's of more it I'm improv. enjoying,
4: but you know, the not sleeping and But are and you
2: having to do the come up with the stuff for them? I feel like this when you doing, were really working on the scripts was when you were back when you were in studio. We
4: went to LA, we went to Seattle, and then we got to Chicago and um the American producer sat me and Ryan down. And so we've been looking at some of the footage and they said very specifically, you know, Ryan, we need you to appear more sympathetic when these kids come out crying. You know, just spend a little more time with them because he just wasn't. Right. So cut to there's a girl who comes out of the room bawling. She runs straight into my arms. I give her a hug. Ryan comes over. And a
2: little pat on the butt.
4: Grabs her, rips her out of my arms, puts his arm around her and shoves her in front of a camera.
2: What happened
6: in there?
4: And I'm like, um, what? Are you kidding? And I look at the producer and he just says, just let him go. So that's just kind of an indication of of uh, how savvy he is. Right. But that's when that started happening.
1: So what was the down – the, okay, the so, spiral? The- well,
2: so then, so then you start doing the in-studio stuff because I remember mm-hmm. I was very excited to come to tapings. Mm-hmm. So you're at tapings. Then things started to go awry when you're doing the live – Tapings, right? When here's you're having the, to read and Ryan's like stepping on lines. The fir- or- here's the first, oh. the first show,
4: which they tried to make look live, but it was taped. It was on a Saturday. This okay. was the first down to I think 30. This is the first group of 10 um, were taping. There was a, a contestant, Jim Verraro, who had deaf parents and he would sign and it was a real touching. And they
2: played remember Jim? Yeah. Great
4: kid, by the mm. way. So that day I hear like Randy and Simon are like, yeah, we're going to nail Jim today. I'm like, what do you mean you're going to nail Jim? I didn't really know what they were talking about. Bottom line, Jim sings. Simon shreds him says, if, we, if, if you move on in this contest, we have failed miserably and there is no credibility to the show at all. So then Jim <laughs> comes over. This poor kid. He sits down. Which is kind of He's funny. tearing up. <laughs> Yeah, but not when you're there. It's, I know. Uh. I'm just. So kidding. I, I put my arm around him. I said, hey, you know, Paula Abdul said she liked you. What else matters? <laughs> and they're like, all right, we'll be right back. Nigel Lifko pulls me off to the side of the set and starts screaming at me. What the fuck are you doing? You didn't even once mention what Simon said to him. Are you. And he's like, spit is coming on.
2: Oh, which smile. is kind God. of my awesome, face. which is how they do it now. It's yeah, kind of good to be that guy. That's he's like saying that's
4: to me, and right. I said, hold on a second. I'm saying
2: I'm in favor of what you're doing. That's- I
4: said, just to make sure I understand you correctly, if these kids come over to this room feeling like shit, I'm supposed to make sure they continue to feel like shit? And he jammed his finger in my chest. He got right in my face and said, you're goddamn fucking Right. <laughs> Okay, wow. let's go again. Cheery guy. And and, and wonder, I'm sitting I... there and you can even see – if you can see those episodes, the look on my face, I'm, I'm just – I'm so angry and I'm so mortified. That was the first L.A. show that we taped and that's just the way it – sounded it, like it
1: got off to a nice start. It was horrible. <laughs> oh, my god! Do but you so
4: remember – you know, so I've told this story before but I'll tell it again because it's just – the second week, there was um, R.J. Helton – I Can't believe I remember all these names. He's the first one to sing. They were a little concerned about the ratings. They had sagged a little bit after the opening, you know, freak show. Like, he sings.
1: It was three nights a week, right?
4: Yes, but was... this was before it was actually airing. We did, we did the tape shows, and that oh, was was, a, that was several weeks.
1: Well, okay, okay. And then so they have, an
4: and then they have the live, the the performances on tape, and then the live results show. Okay. So, there had been one taped show after the auditions set, and then one results show, and this was the second week. Okay. So, this kid sings, and Simon just, you know, you're awful, you're terrible. And then Randy says, Come on, man, go on, dog. He wasn't that bad. <laughs> and Simon said, You know what? This is a professional, this is a singing competition. We've already let two other monkeys through in this competition. And Randy lost his shit. You can't call people monkeys. Now, the kid wasn't black, but it's just a trigger word. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the kid was Hispanic. Randy lost his mind, got up, was like, I'm going to – had to be held back from him.
5: Oh, it my was, god.
4: All the kids are crying. Uh, everybody <laughs> stopped. They cleared the studio. There was no audience, but everybody, everybody out. They, they sequestered the kids for a while. They separated them. They calmed down. They came back. Let's keep going.
2: Most surprising part of this story so far is just that Randy Jackson has any personality. Yeah,
4: he, I really saw it that day.
2: I mean because for the rest of the run of that show, he's <laughs> right. done nothing but go, yo, 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 dog. Exactly. He brought it. Yeah. It's He you did your thing. He did your thing. He doesn't the next, care. He just seems like he's phoning it in the every next season. Girl, then
4: they, they separate. They, they All right, let's do this again. The next girl sings, shreds her. She comes back. She puts her arm up on the couch. She's like, well, at least you didn't call me a monkey. <gasps> Caught. Reset Stop everything Another hour break And then Nigel comes Holy Okay sh- What we're gonna do We're gonna reshoot Some of these things She's gonna come back She's gonna say hey, At least you didn't call me a loser Oh your arm was up like this Wait she was crying Can we get her some drops And I'm like Wow they You're really-, really doing this And they reshot That fight with Simon In an empty studio With the kids standing there Recreate it all But say You can't call people losers We've already let two other losers through. So they intercut real Randy reaction right. with Simon saying loser. And that's why everybody was like, why is he getting so upset? He just called them losers. Right.
3: No, he called them monkeys. Right. That's why. For the record, I would have watched this show if they hadn't edited all that. Bullshit. I know. Right? I know. I know. So this is this the is second the most episode. most interesting that show has ever seen. And really? it just ever. got
4: worse and worse and worse okay. to the point where Ryan was, was the, our first live – uh, performance show we had huge teleprompters uh, we we Ryan didn't read what he was supposed to read off the teleprompter in a live show four times and he would just turn to me and and make it so that it was the setup to my joke he didn't say or the setup for my information that I was supposed to read and say so I just kind of had to improv and he would just the final time so he just turned he doing to me that fuck me up
2: really yeah yeah but wasn't it going to be obvious to the producers that he was dropping the ball? No. Yeah, wouldn't it
4: they, make I'm for the an one, awkward one. I'm moment? the one that it made it look like I was spaced out or didn't know what I was doing. And he did that on purpose. Here's the thing. If I badmouth him, it just makes me look bad. And I no, understand no, no, no. that. But no. I understand that. No,
3: wait. But let me ask you let a legitimate me,
4: question. Yeah. The
3: producers don't have a copy of what's on the teleprompter sitting in front of them. They can't see after the third time like, oh, Brian's yeah, fumbling because – But it's a live show. Well, that's true, but I'm saying, like, they had to have known on some level that Seacrest was fucking with you. Yeah. Didn't they matter. Just didn't care?
4: No. That sucks. No. It, it was ridiculous. Yeah, that's. shit. I had
3: to be held back from him.
1: James. Because the
4: last time, he's like, say something, Dunk. And I said, what do you want me to say, oh, I Ryan? I remember that. He's like, come on. We'll, we're be right like we'll be right back.
1: We'll be right back. Your friends so were all like Ryan, Ryan, coming no. back to me that's now. That's what was happening. It's like, yeah. And then
4: my manager and uh, I think Platt was there that day. They they picked me up, threw me in the elevator, so that I wouldn't attack him.
1: What year? What year was this?
4: Two thousand one.
1: No, two thousand two. Two thousand two.
4: Yeah, but that's here's the thing. I got I you know I told you that my car wouldn't go in reverse. Right. I leased a not a Mercedes a BMW. This is, but it was like a 98 it was a few years old right I got on set with it and immediately because everybody was like making a big deal about it and ryan's like well I gotta get one now i gotta get one I'm like, what do you mean? You're driving a $2,000 a month Mercedes. The next day, he showed up in a brand new Escalade.
1: Did it go in reverse?
4: Yes, it did. <laughs> it could have so gone on top of what mine. Do and you cro- think he- that's just – I'm trying to give you an indication <laughs> right. What do you think head. that
2: personality – I like to diagnose people. I know. We like I to don't, di- I what yeah. is that personality that's just – I it, ended
4: up doing a radio show is where he a, a sociopath? girl was hit what used yes. to work on his show – as an assistant, and she said that there were numerous of times where he would get so upset that he would throw stuff at her head. If he made a mistake on air, he would stay after and he would rewind it literally over and over and over again, like fifty times, he's banging his head into the wall. Maybe so, a banging
1: his head into the somebody wall. who yes. doesn't have he's, the
2: people that don't have any um, empathy.
1: That's it's just all probably a good narcissistic sociopath. So drip. Listen, the guy's like. In, well, hold on, wait. What, wasn't he overweight when he was younger? Yeah,
4: he was a little. Yeah. So he's insecure. I think he's just trying to not be that little fat kid.
1: You're right. So is he gay? No, he know. was with what's not. her face, Julianne How, but Adam's oh. uh,
3: Julianne Hough, yeah, Jan- Jan- dancer. Huff.
1: How Huff? Huff
3: uh, who's she, a very uh,
1: sweet, lovely, nice. She, she,
3: she seems seems
1: adorable. so plastic. Right,
3: is what she um, is. she's. she's,
1: new, a, she's I, she took a shower in my kid's bathroom she did? Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> can I have the video tapes? that's hot <laughs> what,
1: what, why Still did she stupid Adam because they were rehearsing and she needed to take a shower because they were going to go from there to, to the, somewhere and he was like oh I just Juliana's coming in the door like I was in the kitchen and he's like she's coming in right now to take a shower and I was like she's never been to our house and I was like Oh, oh, what 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 bathroom? And he goes upstairs. So I thought he was going to put her a in. That's a chick response. Yeah. Right? So I what run bathroom? upstairs to our bathroom yeah. where my nice shampoo is and stuff, and I clean it up really quick, his underwear off the floor, and then I come out I'm like where you know, thinking she's in the kitchen. Uh, she's already taking a shower in the kids' bathroom with the with toys everywhere and diapers, and it's like, oh Adam, <laughs> come on, really, you're just going to throw her into the kids' bathroom? No, she's a very Nice, um, sweet, right, down to earth. From what I've, you know, he no, just she's seems not asexual. as all. He seems he don't like see a. Him he... as being like attracted. See, this to will like give a...
4: you an indication of what his life was before.
2: Maybe he's just when, kind of a robot. When we
4: first, yeah, when we first, uh, it was like a week or two after we got the the gig, but we had a weekend off because it was Memorial Day. He invited me up to his house, and it was just maybe ten people. My girlfriend and I went, and at the top. Of Sunset Boulevard, all the way at the top of that hill, overlooking everything, an unbelievable house. It was Seinfeld gorgeous. lived just there, and and the stairway that went down to a big, huge <laughs> pool and a cabana. And I Boundary said, to him, "I'm like, this path. is amazing." And he said, "You know, I, I the thing is, I get to enjoy it maybe three days." Out of the entire year, every other day I'm working. So that's what his life was before. Mm -hmm. So I can't even imagine what it is now. I mean, the guy's like a shark. If you stop swimming, you'll die. Right, right.
2: So okay, what? So take us. So what happened?
4: From where?
2: So you you do the live shows. You're now you're really mad at Seacrest. Yeah, you're he's fucking with you. You're mm-hmm. trying to write your own stuff in the scripts, but that's not really working out, right? Yeah. You're where not are you mentally jokes. in all of this?
4: Yeah. I'm, like, what, I'm, what's I'm, your... I'm losing it.
1: So you Completely go home and it. and
2: after the
4: live shows, I could I I would fall asleep at about midnight. I'd wake up at about twelve forty five, and my brain that's was just yeah. absolutely spinning. I just could anxiety. not stop that's thinking. Anxiety. Um, the even after the first day, I went to the first. The show that premiered, Okay, the next night I'm at the improv just doing a set and like women are coming up to me and like grabbing my ass and people are like yelling. It was very strange, very strange because the show is so freaking big.
2: I bet you the bookers at the improv are still not giving you good spots. No,
4: not at all. (laughs) I haven't been back since. (laughs) But I specifically remember a few weeks into the show, I went to a USC game and I got up to go get a hot dog and people recognized me in the tunnel and just started screaming oh, it's fucking dogman and i was like scared i was mm-hmm. like this is crazy
0: But that's the
4: response that I would get whenever right. I left.
2: So now so you're, you're so now, completely... now you're in the middle of the first season, mm-hmm. and are the the producers mad at you at this point?
4: It's it's getting a little bit better. It,
1: it, the thing is, is it, Brian, you seem like a down to earth, normal person surrounded by a bunch of narcissistic, crazed, I can't egomaniacs. express
4: how. Bizarre, the whole. You're like Oliver experience. Wendell well, Douglas. I, I'm just a kid. I listen. <laughs> I am from one, one, a town of one streetlight, uh-huh. and then got thrown into this. Uh, and wow. and the way they treated those kids the entire way through, I just it, it's appalling. It was just absolutely appalling to me. And I was just trying to hold it together. And you you saw me at, at cards. I was just I was really losing it.
2: Yeah, he was losing it.
1: So, but at you what drinking point you were how, 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 I was drinking Zulfed. a lot.
2: That was afterwards. Oh, that was afterwards. Yes. So I want to hear no, about the – Well, the let's the fast downwards. forward. Let's fast forward to this okay. cause I'll be
4: completely honest about the way things went down. And I think I made one very big mistake. It was during the finale. We were rehearsing. We were ready uh, to put that show on and they wanted to add a Vegas special, an hour and a half long Vegas special. I'm- Even Simon said, both of us, don't do this. Absolutely don't do this. Nothing good's going to come of this. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Say no. I can't do that. So basically I told my agent. I said, you know what? Yeah, say I'll do it. But um, we had to negotiate the rate. OK. Well, just say whatever Seacrest is getting. You know, let's – fine. And then they said, well, that's not going to happen. That was their response. Favorite so then I nations. knew he was ma- – that's what I thought would be a smart yeah. thing to establish that. Yeah. Um, And they were like, that's not going to happen. So I knew he was making more money. I didn't know how much more. But I basically said, well, then tell him no. That was the mistake that I made. And then they said – they tried to give me even less than an hour rate plus a half-hour rate. Finally, we got a little bit more, but that's where I think I screwed myself because after the show ended, it was the first time I'd really had a chance to breathe. My wife and I went to Hawaii for like five days, and I really didn't know what to do. A, I wanted to be an actor. That's what I had done before, and I knew if I continued with the show, that would be over. There's mm-hmm. just no way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm laying on this beach this resort thinking I've never had money in my life I don't know what I'm going to do. When I got back, my, one of my best friends had his college coaching football debut. He was a D3 coach, flew to Connecticut, me and about five of our best friends from high school. Before the game, we're in my hotel room. We're drinking beer, flipping through the channels. E comes on. Ryan Seacrest has just re-signed with American Idol for season two for upwards of a million dollars. Still no word on co-host Brian Dunkleman's my picture. and It's just silent. … for a couple seconds, and then we just all burst out laughing because it's just absurd. It's ridiculous. Wow. And what they did is they re-signed uh, Ryan and they re-signed Simon, and they basically let the three of us twist. And it was about money. But at that time, my representation thought there was a very good chance they were replacing me because I rubbed them the wrong way. I wasn't happy, and I have to own the fact that I was – there were times where I was difficult. Because I just did not know how else to process what was happening. And after two weeks, I thought, well, this is it. I'm not supposed to do this. I, I released a statement in Daily Variety, said I'm, I'm moving on, grateful for the opportunity. All I can tell you is my publicist saw the head of publicity for Fox that night, and he said that everybody at Fox was extremely disappointed. They were shocked, and they figured if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I was going to be fired. I don't know if I beat him to the punch and it was a mistake. I don't know if I'll ever know the truth, but that's that's the way it happened mm. and then you know the show premiered to thirty million, and uh I knew I'd made a pretty big mistake
2: Wow, <laughs> and that's
4: when the huge <clears throat> spiral started.
2: You know what? Do you want to do part two with – can you stay for another – okay. Yes.
4: I I was going to tell you before this started that it's it's a lot.
1: No, it's good. No, it's so interesting. I mean I love this stuff. But before we go, what do you think –
2: because I've always been really curious about this in this business. Um, You have to sort of toe this line between being – you know, amenable to doing stuff that you might not think is that funny. But Mm -hmm. also a lot of people that are difficult are rewarded. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I've never understood. OK, so Ryan Seacrest from the get go is being really hard to negotiate with. Right. He hasn't mm-hmm. even been one of the people auditioning and yet he's asking for all this money and they're giving it to him. What's the difference? Like, I don't. Why know. is he? Why are they going? It's not going to happen for you to make that money. You're also a host on the show. Like, because I've I've many times been in your position. Mm hmm. Obviously not at that level, but been the person going, well, how come I'm not like, how come they're so e- so easy to say no to me, like how come when I ask for a raise, people are like no,
4: yeah, see, I just – I, I just, go, oh, the okay. problem is I didn't even get to that point. Right. Once the second season premiered, thirty three million dollars, thirty three million people. I mean,
1: then you could have, you know, you could have done a re. My, up with.
4: I, I ended up having a, a different manager, but they said that I guess after second s- season two, he w- his ego was so out of control that they seriously considered approaching me, mm. and I I don't know if I believed that, but that's what she told me. So she, he he got it really
1: obviously it's for the best, right? I mean, for you, I mean, yes, you could have been money wise.
4: I don't know if I would have.
1: But would you want to? I don't su- know if I'd
4: have right. survived mentally. Yeah, I don't know what because I did not do well with with. The little bit of fame that I had. It was a little bit compared to what it would have been.
1: I think you could have handled the fame. I mean, I don't know you, but I just don't think Seacrest uh, plays well with others. No, he doesn't. Uh -uh. And that was very apparent. He would would drive any. He he would make your life
4: miserable. When you're making stuff up that's not on the teleprompter and just specifically to make it look like I was screwing up. And
1: that's only in season one? I mean, imagine with his head inflated in season. You know, he made it very clear He, he would rather do it
4: alone. Yeah. the
2: um I got so then what happened though? okay so you leave now you're not on the show we're gonna, to right. now- we're gonna
1: talk about this oh. in part two yes yeah. that's what we're gonna do so- you can
2: tell that Lynette and I are
1: yeah consummate yeah, professionals yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're always trying to undercut each other and it's make it look like the other person doesn't know what they're doing <laughs> I'm always like Lynette <laughs> are you gonna say something
4: which one's the Seacrest in this
2: relationship
1: <laughs> <laughs> can I be the Seacrest you can be Seacrest I want
2: Seacrest's hair okay
1: Se- yeah. Um, so but be.
2: Yeah. Clearly,
3: I'm the seacrest in this situation. I mean, yeah. I'm
2: so best were <laughs> were Doug's jokes good. Yeah. Yeah, they is
4: were that funny. All you wanted to better know? than mine. Hey, Doug's a good joke writer.
1: Yeah. No, you he's
2: he, he's a he's a funny
1: guy. So let's tease. <laughs> what are we going to talk about in our next episode? Uh, we're going to talk about what happened after. We're ap- going to talk about ap- the, ap- the spiral, the deep, ap- the ap- deep ap- dark idol. Hole. Okay. Yeah. All right. And and, then,
2: and the, oh, by the way, seeing as this is a parenting show, you know Brian. Is Mm -hmm. married and Mm -hmm. he has a new baby. He's a new dad. We're gonna talk about parenting. Yeah, Yeah, his son? His son just turned a year old. Jackson.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah. So we can talk. Are you still sleep deprived?
4: No, I feel good. I know I know this sounds this is cliche, but you know, I I just never thought it was possible for me to love anything as Mm -hmm. much as I love this kid. That being said, I do now understand why people drown them. (laughs) I, I get it. It's awful. But I do get it.
1: <laughs> okay. So so that's what we're going to talk about in part yes. two. And uh, we'll talk a little parenting, Stephanie and I. But Why but not? before we go, no, no. Can oh. Tell, no, no? No, no. Yes, no, yes. No, no. Yes, no. no, no. yes. You know what I yes. say to no, no?
3: Yes, yes. 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 yes.
1: Listen, get let that. me tell you about this no, no thing. Have you heard of it, Ryan? Have you seen the commercials? Just one no. No, no I haven't. You haven't? All right. It's but I'm interested. Size, tell me about it's this. It's awesome. It's like the size of – it's smaller than your cell phone, smaller than an iPhone, and it's pretty looking. But but the it best does thing, the work of two it, iPhones. It does the work of a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon. It gets rid of all your hair, any hair on your body except for your uh-uh, – and yeah, your except eyebrows. Except for
3: your Nunu. <laughs> your new, new with your don't, no, yeah, no, i the new, new. Don't use
2: the no, this no. This
1: thing is, uh, it, uh, you don't have no pulling or scraping. It glides on smooth. It's for all hair type. You can get rid of the ha- the hair on your hands. It's painless, right? It's truly the peach pain fuzz pain-free. on like, your face. It's
3: not one of these things where they say it's pain free and then it just hurts a little. Like, no, it doesn't hurt. Right?
1: You smell the hair burning. <clears throat> that's how you know just it's takes working. Takes
3: the first layer of skin off. <clears throat> well, that's how you know it's good. It's
1: awesome. It, and it's it's for you know. How any- do I get one? Okay, well, this is what you do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Scream like that. You. Somebody will give you one.
1: <laughs> uh, ta- of oh, course, Stephanie. How does one get one of these? Well, this take advantage of our exclusive offer we have for our listeners. Go to nonowloud.com and get yourself a device. You get the exclusive facial kit. So that you can remove, it has a little thing, it has a little circle thing that you can buff your skin after so your skin is nice and smooth. And it has really nice smelling lotion. Yes. A travel case and an entire purchase is backed up by the triple guarantee. Um, So if you're not 100% satisfied, they'll refund your purchase price and refund the shipping. Um so no risk. So go to no no dot com or you can call eight hundred five zero eight four eight one two. I use this thing every other day. All right. Yeah. Thank you, You're Lynette. You're
2: a
3: motherfucker, aren't you?
2: Listen <laughs> God, before we
1: go, uh
2: <laughs> go to our Facebook page. <laughs> Let's get the let's build a community. You guys, yeah. we we've have like a hundred new yes. Facebook friends since our last show. So it's oh, working. Thank you, yep. guys. you guys. Go on Facebook and get other people. Go when you go on Facebook and like the page, invite friends. Invite yeah. your friends to like share, the page.
3: Share our posts on your page and then yeah. that'll get your friends involved. You can go to Facebook.com slash Moms and just like the page right let's there. Get right. It
2: up to and like
1: 40, Can I talk and have about my new podcast?
3: Absolutely. It's launching today.
1: Launching today. Available now.
3: 10th 10th Avenue Podcast.
1: 10th Avenue Podcast on the Corolla Digital. Go on iTunes.
3: Go to iTunes. You can go to 10thAvenuePodcast.com, 10thAvenuePod.com. Any way you spell (laughs) it. We've got you covered.
2: Interview people about Bruce Stevens.
1: First guest. First guest is Phil Rosenthal. We sit down, we talk for about an hour. Maybe or so, more. maybe more. Phil had a ball. He's like a little kid in a candy shop when it comes to talking Springsteen. We had the Phil best. Phil breaks out a
3: picture out of his wallet, and it, this was not staged. We didn't tell him to bring it.
1: Now he carries a picture of him and Bruce that he took that when he met him. It's the funniest thing. If you go on the website, you'll see it. Um, but so yes, uh, Phil's first episode is Phil. It's a monthly podcast.
3: Yep, last Friday of every month, we got great guests coming up. We're probably gonna have Artie Lang coming up. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we're talking about Jeff Ross. Gary Delabate is gonna be episode two, so look forward to that in February. Yeah.
2: Congratulations! Thank you. Awesome.
3: Thank go, uh, go on Facebook or go on. Uh, sorry, go on. Uh, go on iTunes and subscribe to that, and leave us a comment and rate it five stars and. Let's uh let's get this going. Yeah. Give us a, and give us a little also audience.
2: PS watch parental discretion, parental discretion. Exactly. on Nick two. Mom, which is on Nick Jr. on your on your cable channel. Yeah. Uh every night, every Friday night at ten PM is a new episode. So when you hear this, uh when this gets posted, just know that Friday tonight. new show. Tonight, tonight seven PM uh if you're on the west coast. 10 p.m. on the East Coast.
3: Come on, Nick, get another satellite.
2: Well, they do. I'm they kidding. do, but just oh. not for direct TV. Yeah. So a lot of you might have it on at 10 p.m. wherever you are. Anyway, go look for it and watch the show. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank now. you, Brian. Don't have to. Thank it up.
3: you.
4: <laughs> I was alone.
3: Reach on- the
0: show on Twitter at Ace Moms. And like us on Facebook by going to Facebook.com
4: slash Ace Moms. Follow Lynette on Twitter at Lynette Carolla. Follow Stephanie on Twitter at S. Wilder Taylor.
5: And taught me these words of ecstasy, tenderly. I was a hug and it's a and it's a
0: 18 plus.